I am Andrew Young, and I would like to invite you to do business with our family at City Tile and Floor Covering. Make your house a showplace. Give your house a new face. Make your house a wow house. City Tile and Floor. City Tile. The Good Neighbor Network. FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro. FM 100.5 Smyrna. And online at WGNSRadio.com. Portions of our programming have been pre-recorded. The Good Neighbor Network, WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. Flagship station for MTSU Sports. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The average cost of a regular gallon of gas is $3.85. Look around at this great city of ours. What do you see? I see a multitude of amazing people. Over the next hour, Bill Wilson and Michael Lynn White will talk to some of these amazing people about topics that interest you and give you just what you need to kick off your week with a dang on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. I am Michael Lynn White, along with Mr. Murfreesboro himself, Bill Wilson. Hey, everybody. We're live in the studio and WGNS right off the downtown square, and we are happy that y'all are with us tonight on uh, Sunday night. Bill, I don't know about our listeners or you, but I'm tired, but you know what? We're going to have a good show. That's right. Michael Lynn, it's not always about you, all right? Oh, is it not? Kidding. I thought yeah. it was. Bill, okay. but it's usually about you. Well, that's you, true. You it is the it Mr. Murfreesboro show, for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, but you've been traveling, haven't you? You've been traveling you've been today. To... Just got back from Mississippi. Saw my family, some good friends, so it was great. Mississippi's a pretty cool place, except for the uh, roads. Uh, they're okay. terrible. They're not terrible. They're good. Because of the Yazoo clay that's down there. Don't tell me how I know it, but Yazoo clay, they, they have terrible roads. But they're good people down there, Michael. Oh, my gosh. Uh well, I'm excited about the show tonight because recovery is very important to me because a lot of people may know it. I'll just share it with you. Uh, know that I'm in recovery. And uh, my last drink of alcohol was uh, September 21st of 1991. So I'm very familiar with addiction and recovery. And we're going to talk about uh, our guest tonight is the Rutherford County Recovery Court Director Trish Breeding. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thank you. We're glad you're here. And I've, I actually sit on the board. I don't know how they put me on there, but they did. Uh, I think, uh, did y'all use one of those um, magic eight balls where? It was really, it was that paired with just nobody else would do it. And they were like, <laughs> Bill, Bill will volunteer. Call nobody Bill. would volunteer. Bill Thanks, will Trish. do it. Bill will do it. Okay, so let's, um, tell everybody first of all like what you do and then let's you know for people who aren't familiar don't even know that this exists here tell them what recovery court is so i'm the director of the recovery courts here in rutherford county and in rutherford county we are so blessed to have four programs we have an adult drug court a dui court a mental health court and a veterans treatment court so um for those that have addiction and mental health issues that are justice involved whether it's a dui or a possession charge or something else um 
this is our form of of um, justice so that we can get them the help that they need and they stop getting rearrested. Um, it's very important to the community. It it reduces recidivism. Right. It saves tax dollars. There's so many things that it does, not just for the participants, but for the community. And a lot of people don't know that Recovery Court exists, but they really should. Right. And it is grant funded. Is that correct? We have a lot of funding sources. So the county um, has us in their budget and then we receive state funding for partial programming and then we recently were awarded a bja grant to supplement some of our dui court stuff what is that grant um so the bja grant allows us to expand and have nighttime classes so um, historically all of our programs have been from eight to four during the day meaning you have to work nights Mm -hmm. and come to programming during the day and a grant was written by two of our employees at the DUI court, and they um, were awarded so that we could stay open at night and offer people evening classes. I see, so is that the reason why it was during the day, for staffing reasons? Yes. Okay, because that's gotta be hard, you know, dealing with that and trying to keep a job, which is part of the, like, don't you have, you have to have a job. You have to have a job. If you're um, someone who is disabled and unable to work, you have to volunteer or receive disability. So you, you have to have some type of positive engagement in the community. What happens if, say, like, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom who doesn't work, but you got arrested five times for DUI? You have to get a job. You get a job. You okay. have to go to I work because you, okay. got, you got bills to pay. You got fees to pay. Yeah. I mean, they back when I was out there, there was no such thing. I'm just glad they don't have that mobile app. Oh, my gosh. Back then. <laughs> but I think it's a blessing because you, if you take somebody, everybody is affected by somebody who's either an addict, alcoholic, uh, and it's an expensive disease. I know when I was drinking, I, I spent a lot of money on stuff and fighting the disease as far as my parents, and I know mom's probably listening, hey, mom, uh, paying for treatment centers Mm -hmm. if you have probation that's a lot of money uh i I was known for maybe tearing up cars and stuff like that but the thing is there's a financial impact to the individual to the family anybody that's an arm length of the addict but it's not addiction in uh alcoholism we'll just call it addiction is uh different than having cancer which i've had several family members passed from cancer had cancer we all have known somebody who's had cancer people who have cancer people are compassionate Mm -hmm. it's like bless your heart we're going to pray for you now you hit it on the head it's addiction which is known as mental illness in 1950 the ama diagnosed or or said that alcoholism was an actual disease and that was the thing i couldn't get over as well am i just crazy Am I just, why are you laughing? (laughs) It depends who you talk to at any given time. And, you know, the thing is, people, everybody's got hurts, habits, and hangups. And, uh, but it affected my family, thank God, grace and mercy, and uh, suiting up and showing up. But addiction is a whole different thing than, say, cancer or any other disease, because there's not a lot of. Very much so. Um, You know, we have a lot of people, um, I don't know anyone whose lives haven't been touched by addiction in some way, form, or fashion. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the addict or alcoholic, um, but very few of us have someone, have have no one in our family that struggles with addiction or mental illness. And so it's very important, you know, so that you can um, work with your, understand where your family's coming from and, and better 
relate with them and instead of enabling them because enable enabling people just makes it worse amen yeah hmm. enabling's not typically enabling is when somebody you have a loved one that will bail you out you know so so recovery court here in rutherford county because not every again we are very fortunate to have this because if you get in trouble or something like that in a another county and they don't have a program like this you you can't do it you that's right i don't know oh, well. like not an option in the, and I, go well. you know it's now is the court i have a friend in mississippi who just graduated drug court there it was a three-year program she's doing amazing um is the program longer here or let me kind of walk you through it each program has a different length of time okay um and it's based upon risk need assessment if you're at high risk of recidivism then you're going to be in an 18-month program minimum Mm -hmm. if you are of moderate risk and need or at a moderate risk of uh, recidivism then you're going to be in a 12-month program now that's the minimum for some people the first shot at it it doesn't work and it takes you a little bit longer to get through it so we have people who sometimes take you know a full two years to get through it Mm -hmm. and that's okay we don't want to rush something and then end up back in trouble we would rather them take their time and slow walk through it and be successful i honestly think that recovery court programs are better than a rehab in ways because you're living in rehab you're in a safe place you're there you're removed kind of from things which is good i'm not it's amazing however this one you're living your life you're having to do it all dealing with life's problems all while staying sober and getting your life together that's hard but you have lots of support and accountability correct and a lot of our people end up in inpatient programs or residential programs at the beginning of our program or somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. if they have a relapse the people who are participating in our programming live in our community. They're working in our community. They're spending tax dollars in our community. They're keeping their children from DCS custody in our community. So mm-hmm. it's not just impacting, like I said, it's not just impacting their life. It's it's saving tax dollars and, and generating more tax income. Um, it's teaching them how to remain sober when they're three-year-olds screaming in a corner and how to cope with that rather than putting them in a place where they're removed from everything and they don't have any stressors so then they get back and they still don't know how to handle their three-year-old screaming in the corner i think that's cool that um you work with them like if you screw up you're not just kicked out immediately you get in trouble or you have consequences but you know they're not just done with you right it's a progress over perfection kind of program we all make mistakes if you've been in active addiction or actively unwell for 18 15 18 years how do you expect to get somebody well in two weeks it doesn't happen right Um, and that's what I try to tell people you know they come into recovery and they're like I'm three weeks in and I should be doing all these great things and I'm like you didn't end up in this bad of shape in three weeks so why do you think you're gonna be healed from addiction in three weeks it's Mm -hmm. a process very much so. right I know from my own experience on and yes somebody's comment they couldn't see you can y'all see our guest now i know bear can with you us see it's kind of hard to <laughs> okay, manage all of right this <laughs> being on the radio and the cameras and everything else because we have literally like a minute to get in here so on our commercial break we'll mess well, with the yeah. cameras I, what i was going to say from my own experience i remember the first time i went to a treatment center it was a place called new beginnings over in Ledna at the university medical center and I was going to, I turned, I think I turned 21 in this treatment center. And uh, I just knew I was too young. I mean, I, I, 20, I'm not even legal yet. You know, that's what I'm saying. And I didn't plan on this happening. 
Um, I worked hard at it from age 15 to 25, where it finally took for me. But it, recovery is a uh, – it was necessary. There were three things that, that were going to happen to me, and you've probably heard this before. I was either going to sober up, get locked up, or get covered up. And more than not, a, a lot of people go to the bitter end. So this is an opportunity. I look at recovery court, and how long have y'all been going? How long we've had this going on? The adult drug court started in the year 2000 here. So it's 22 years old. Yeah. Wow. Who and, started the program? Uh, it was a lady named Mary Schneider um, and Judge Ash. And, um, and Judge okay. Don Ash, yeah, good people. Does he still... He's still, yeah, he's doing. He's still a judge. He's retired. Okay. um, So he is, but he's still very active in the community and does Mm -hmm. stuff with us. And we're actually, you know, this is a good lead into, we're having a fundraiser on Friday, the 29th. And we will be, um, we're going to be honoring Judge Ash and Mary Schneider, Judge Ben Hall McFarlane, the second, and um, Judge David Bragg. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the people who have come through our, you know, started the programs worked in the programs and have since retired and we just want to acknowledge the hard work they've right. put in to keeping it going let's talk about the fundraiser it's friday what times how do we it's from in? seven to eight it's over at the fountains it's in the plaza room yes yeah, 7 a.m to 8 a.m it's a breakfast um there's no prerequisite to pay you can just donate whatever your heart and mind feels led to do um we will take every 50 cents we get mm-hmm. <laughs> the money that we raise um goes to the foundation that bills on the board for um, we use the monies on that for um, direct assistance for clients okay. the government funds us but what they don't give us money for sometimes is um, paying co-pays for medications helping people get into transitional living um, and paying you know the two hundred dollars a week that it's required to have them somewhere safe to live and things like that so the money that is raised helps us to help clients um, remove the barriers from getting treatment that they need mm-hmm. right on and if y'all want to call in you can call in at 615-893-1450 and austin maxwell says more of the guests and less of bill <laughs> is a positive thanks austin i think you're running for office too i'll remember that thank you austin uh, during kidding. commercial break we will we'll figure it out we can't see you at all now bill here we go you know your fans <laughs> except for like austin i'm oh, kidding Junk. i like it like that it's like showing big boy it's beautiful it does look like the big Doesn't boy it? she said it's beautiful it's, be- <laughs> it's beautiful um okay so let me let me watch the time here so we don't mess up on our break but um so that's this friday anyone can show up absolutely the more the merrier yeah make it's sure at the fountains. and we'll post that on the um post when the show is over so people can have some more info about that but um yeah i talk to a lot of people who don't know that this is out there and if someone if their loved one or whatever gets in trouble they can at least know to maybe look into it how do you get apply for it how do you how do you do that anyone can apply so um obviously we take applications from defense attorneys and the district attorney's office on the regular but we also have mamas and daddies that apply their kids or wives that apply their husbands and different things there's no wrong way to apply um we do require that they have some form of criminal charges somewhere in either woodbury or murfreesboro okay and we're the 16th judicial district so we cover both counties um the if you go to the rutherford county website and go to the recovery court tab the applications there and it tells you exactly where to email it to and once we get it we'll start the process to see if the person is appropriate for our program who mm-hmm. doesn't qualify like an age is there an age 
Well, we're, we're adult only, so you have to be at least 18. Okay. Um, but the people who wouldn't qualify are people with um, violent charges. Um, the state felonies. statute will take felonies, um, like drug charges and things like that. Just not anything that's like an aggravated domestic assault or anything like that. Physical, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any type of homicide charge, right, you know, sexual violence, that kind of stuff. Um, those are the big ones. But I would rather someone apply and be told no than never apply. Because mm-hmm. that might plant a seed, but they might get help through being rejected. I mean, absolutely. You know, and, and there's other programs out there that you know, if we can't help them, it may be that somebody else could. And I, right. you know, someone along the way may be able to say, "Hey, we can't help you, but this program would accept you," or you know, something to that nature. We mm-hmm. don't want someone to just sit and struggle with their addiction or their mental illness and not get help. Like y'all deal with other non uh Barnabas Vision, like David Coggins, uh, Greenhouse Ministries, different. That, and then also other facilities. So transitional living um, places, inpatient treatment, residential facilities, that type of stuff, um, veterans facilities. So if it's someone we can't serve and we know that there's someone that can help them, we want to make sure we refer them out. And you can go, can you go through the program again? Yes. Um, So we have a few people who have come through it a second time and and one that's coming through i think a third um but when you know he was very young when he went through it the first time and now he's an adult so you know we will take you as long as we need as we need to to get you help yeah that's really awesome i didn't realize that okay so we are going to take a quick break we're gonna continue this discussion about rutherford county recovery court right after the break Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for parts real estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. You can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Find your next car at Car One. We carry an assortment of makes and models to fit every budget and lifestyle. Head to our website, car1tn.net, to see our inventory and specials. Financing is available. Call us at 615-962-9450 or 615-653-7298. Car One, your one-stop shop. Located at 232 Southeast Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. 
are back. Uh, you're listening to the Mr. Murphy's Bro Show. Bill won't hush his mouth long enough for us to come back on the air. But anyway, Bill. Yeah, I was. How how did the spelling be? Go? Yeah, we were just you discussing were, the read to be. No, the read. No, it's read to succeed. Read spelling to be. succeed, but it's called the read to be. And Jolene does a bee. great job. And I was the pronouncer for it. And it, I'm telling you, I love being a part of the spelling bee. I won the celebrity spelling bee, and I'm a longtime good speller, like from back in the day. But being the pronouncer is so stressful. Yeah. Like, I'm still stressing about it, even though it's over. Because those kids, they work hard and they're yeah. stressing about it. But Read to Succeed's amazing. Yeah, the spelling good. bee is amazing. It went great. Meredith won it a few years ago. I came in fifth. <laughs> hey, there's a future candidate for Read to Succeed right here. What do I you mean, mean for a speller. Oh, celebrity. For a, for a speller. Yeah. No. Yeah, we'll yeah, tell our friend Jolene well, to hit you up. Yeah. No. Well, we'll see about that. But uh, anyway, support Reed to succeed. We appreciate <laughs> Jolene and everything they do. So let's get back to Rutherford County. The R- Rutherford County Recovery, Recovery Court, Court fundraiser. We call it a fundraiser. Yeah. It's a breakfast this Friday at 7 a.m. I'll be there. Um, This is our first annual fundraiser, I guess you would say. It's the first annual breakfast. Breakfast. Um, Historically, they've done several fundraisers. There used to be a race. Um, I am not a runner. Uh, Oh, they ran. They ran. I am not going to participate in that. So we're going to eat. I'm more of an eater than a runner. I'm an eater. Okay, we know that she is not going to spell and she is not going to run. So I basically just want to eat. What's your your thoughts about school boards? I don't have any kids, so I can't comment. Oh, Lord. We have great school boards. Speaking of races, we need to have a bike race here. It could, we used to have the Dixie Dewdrop that went along with Uncle Dave Making Days back in the when Uncle Dave Making Days first started in the late 80s, early 90s on the square. And it was a sanctioned race. I'm going to work. I'm going to get the mayor and other people involved and see if we can get us a. I, I don't ride bikes. You're talking about a bicycle? Bicycle. They used to have the Dixie Dewdrop sanctioned. 20k i don't know what it was called but it was an uncle they making dixie dewdrop sanctioned bike race and we need to bring that back why does it raise money for something i don't know i just think it would be cool to have we used to have go-kart racing around the bill we're we're trying to raise money for recovery court i know let's talk about a random bicycle race i'm sorry so you know so did everybody have a good weekend did you have a good weekend (laughs) i did it was beautiful out and tell us again where you're from you're from Kentucky. I am. I'm from the central part of Kentucky. I grew up in Green County. Cave City. Green County. Green County. Greensburg. Greensburg. Um, And so, where did you go to school? Like college? Mm -hmm. Uh, Western Kentucky University. You did? Okay. Is that the Hilltoppers? Go Toppers. Yeah. Bowling Green's such a cute town. I don't guess that's really like appropriate to say in this town, right? Because aren't they rivals? Uh, Yeah. Where's my hat? That's okay, though. We're still going to be toppers. It's fine. How long were you in school? Because I was in school for eight years. I did graduate, though. Well, I, I finished my undergrad in four and some, like, one class. So, four like four years in one class. And then I have my graduate degree. So, I did that in 18 months. What did you get that in? from there? No, I did it online. Uh-huh. So Is that Drury? Um, Dr- I did it at Capella. Capella. In, it's in Minnesota. Um, what was your degree in? My undergrad was in psych. My graduate degree is in human services. And wow. so look at you using your degree to help the community. I'll tell you what. <laughs> do you like, obviously you do, but I'm, I'm assuming it's rewarding. Yeah. What is your why with this job? What is oh, your why? My why. So um, 
to tell you my why, we're going to have to go back to Kentucky, I guess. And I didn't realize this until way into my career doing it. But um, I, like I said, I don't think anyone that I know of family hasn't been touched by addiction. Right. Um, when I was a kid, my dad's a farmer. He's probably listening. Hi, Dad. Um, hey, Dad. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hey, Dad. Mama um, worked at the factory, and I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Right. And my papa, Ed, was an alcoholic. And he probably never would have identified as an alcoholic. He would just say he drank a lot. Right. Um, but, you know, I loved that man. And, mm. I, and I don't want any kid or grandkid to ever have to say, I never knew my grandfather sober. Because even when he got sober from alcohol, he was on so many medications from the VA. Right. That he never was truly sober. And I don't know that that's why I got into it, but that's why I stayed in it. Right. It was a passion. I mean, it very much is. And it has to be. And especially the last two years with, you know, being so secluded, isolation is not good for people with mental illness or with addiction issues. Mm -hmm. And we have seen more people pass away the last two years. Oh, it's awful. That if it's not a passion, we all would have quit and walked away. Mm -hmm. Well, you, do you understand before the pandemic? Everybody talked about ISIS and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But also, uh, it was addiction, it was opioid addiction all over the news uh i knew it was bad when i saw there was a police officer in kentucky who was in his uniform and he died it was from fentanyl or something. i mean he was he was an addict mm -hmm. people don't realize an addict could be your next door neighbor and i think we get the perception that an addict alcoholic is somebody who lives under a bridge that's not the case i've got friends who are in recovery who are vandy grads I've got friends who are truck drivers, all walks of life. And some of them, most of them are not homeless or whatever. Because I thought, when, and personally, I thought I had to be, to hit rock bottom, I had to be homeless. I had, that's not the case. No. And most addicts I know, they're very intelligent, with the exception to me. But they're very oh, intelligent in their. Well, you have to be. But to they're so smart for their own good because yeah. the, the first key to it is the lack of power is the dilemma not having the power to stay sober right and you know a lot of people are homeless that have addiction issues but a lot of people aren't you know we have clients that come into our program who are from well-to-do families we have people who come from you know poverty we have everyone in between it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is it doesn't matter your race your gender who you love it doesn't matter it affects everybody equally and and we all want a better society and the way to do that is to treat these people with respect and kindness and try to get them to feel better so that they can be productive members of our society too just don't throw them in the jail and throw away the key because people used to call me otis you know the town <laughs> drunk they would he had a key he left himself in the jail but the thing is there's hope is what we're talking about we're talking about hope in recovery court and uh, a lot of people don't get a second chance or a third chance i mean I'm, i've just known people who i don't know when i was out there where people drink there's people who can drink yeah there's people who can drink and just set it down me i was i i was a jekyll hyde i was the nicest guy like this but when i drank it was it wasn't pretty and uh, it affected anybody and everybody that was in arm's length but thank god for grace and mercy and change Change is a beautiful thing, but uh, listen to me. I'm talking about me now. Let's talk about you. <laughs> Michael Ann. I'm just going to sit back over here, Bill, while we're Bill's telling his testimony. 
Hallelujah. But it is. It's, what, tell, tell us some good stories. Tell us a uh, story about somebody. The, th- the key to it is don't give up on that person. I think that's the thing is because my family, thank God they didn't give up on me because they were ready to. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to set firm boundaries with the people that you love. And that's the good part. We love our clients, but because we're not family, we're more comfortable setting boundaries with them and teaching them how to um, hold themselves accountable and also we hold them accountable. Um, I, there's lots of stories. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Wow. So, you know, there's lots of stories of, of hope and people who have succeeded. But I think just if I'm talking about people recently here in Murfreesboro, you know, we had a drug court graduate that moved to Huntsville and um, is following his career path one of probably one of the smarter people i've ever met in my life and right. really i'm just really proud of him you know we have people who have had drug-free babies mm-hmm. and to me that is phenomenal i mean that's a child that's come onto this planet who is not addicted and whose life will forever be changed because their mom got sober while they were being con- you know while they were being grown in their stomach and so it's just a big deal to me that those babies are on this earth and sober and have a chance amen i think it's really cool that you know for people who are listening and if you want to like donate or something like that i mean this is rehabs are expensive like forty thousand dollars or more for 30 days this is not that i mean you don't have to pay it's like free right they pay a program fee of fifty dollars a month while they're in our program dirt cheap but for that, you know, we have therapists on staff. So you have a clinical staff where we have drug and alcohol counselors as well as mental health therapists. Um, we have an occupational therapist. You get case management. That includes your drug screens, which, you know, doesn't even cover their drug screens. Mm-hmm. So for $50 a month, they are receiving services that, you know, most people who aren't involved in a recovery program couldn't afford with their insurance. Right. That's You're right, Michael, in the treatment centers, I know when I went 30 something years ago, it was like 20, 30, something like that. Mm-hmm. And most people don't have insurance that would cover that. So for $50 a month, I mean, what did I spend on beer? You know what I mean? What do you spend? Again, it's, and it's a year or more because I know studies have shown like for alcohol, for instance, it takes, like 30 days is just the tip of the iceberg. Like I feel like the year long, I Get all what the system. study yeah. is, but it takes like a year or more. You probably know For what your the body stats are on that. Well, your your brain just has to, it takes it longer to for the for everything to kind of Balance clear out. out. You, mm-hmm. know, you kind of have a fog in your brain for a really long time when you're starting to get sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes a little while. So 30 days is great. It gets you sober. It right. gets you started. It gets you a foundation. But it doesn't give you a, a long-term, like, trajectory towards treatment. Um, you know, it, and depending upon the drug of choice, it may take longer. You know, alcohol is one of those things where you can go into detox. You can go into treatment. You can get out. You can go to AA. You can go to some kind of recovery meeting and, and kind of work with it. But a lot of folks today, alcohol is not their drug of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, you know, heroin. in this community, it's meth and heroin and fentanyl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone who's on methamphetamines, it takes that a lot longer to get out of your system and for your brain to go back to being normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it just takes a little more patience from, you know, a program. You can't just say, oh, well, you're sober. You should be doing this because it, it it's not that easy. Right. It's a process. It took you a while to get in that condition. It's going to take 
that a much more time to to level out or whatever you call it. I think physically, I'm speaking to myself. It took I think it took a year for me to get some sense. Right. That depends on you talk to because today people may argue that. Well, and I, you know, the old heads in recovery will tell you, you know, for your first year, just buckle down and do the recovery oriented stuff. Don't get right. relationships, don't make big right. decisions, just buckle down, focus on fixing what's going on in yourself. And, you know, a lot of the newbies may not understand that or accept that, but they're, they said that for a reason. Right. It's so that you can really see who you are because you, you know, most people, by the time that they get in recovery, have been in use so long that they don't know who they are. It's they're addicted to it. You, I know there was a time in my life I couldn't live without it. It and it's it boils down to one one word that affects all of us. It's fear, mm-hmm. fear, fear of a aban- for me it was fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. Um, fear can stand for face everything in recovery and recover, or forget everything and run, or it could be something else. Forget everything and run. You know typical that's what i was going to do i was going i'm getting out of here but uh the fact is i had no idea that recovery court was here for for 22 years what that's just a blessing well you've got some notes there on your sheet what what have you got for us over there i'm a type a so i couldn't come without notes um some of the big highlights that i wanted to tell you is that for every three dollars and some change that is put into a recovery court or for every dollar that's put in three dollars and some change is what's added to that so you're not you know you're making three dollars in the community and tax mm-hmm. dollars or whatever mm-hmm. um, wow. so it shows that it's important to put money into it because we're actually benefiting as a community because of it um it also has a 58 percent reduction in recidivism nationwide what does that mean um so let's say you Revolving are door. someone who gets arrested frequently coming through a recovery court whether it's a drug court whether it's a mental health court it is going to reduce the the chance of you getting rearrested. Okay. And so if if you look at a typical criminal justice program, you're looking at like a 60% recidivism rate. Like if you're just putting somebody on standard old school probation. Mm-hmm. But if you're putting them through some type of a recovery court, it's reducing it significantly. Okay. And again, that helps our community. It's mm-hmm. it's cheaper to have someone in the community than it is to put them in 940. Right. Amen. Truth. I know it's it's so much to think about and again a lot of people don't know that it's out there so I'm glad that we're talking about it especially the rise and all this other craziness that's going on so how did y'all deal with this during COVID? Well it has been rough we've all had to learn this is not something that I had ever experienced and you know as long as I've worked in recovery and it's important to me that we were in person Mm -hmm. Um, so we've worked and met with our clients throughout the two years that I've been in this program or been over the program and I did that because I know that isolation is terrible right um you know as as somebody who has a history of anxiety Mm -hmm. my anxiety is way worse when I'm stuck at home and can't get out I don't know what's going on in the world me too so then add to that someone who has addiction Mm -hmm. and they are so used to hiding that addiction and isolating and using right well you've already got them isolated so the next thing they're going to do is use Mm -hmm. so it was really important to me and to our staff I have 20 ish amazing staff members in our office and you know we all knew that it was important for us to be there so that when our clients needed us and and whether it was to hold them accountable or to cheer them on and mm-hmm. um, that we would be in the office and i tell all of our clients i want our office to be a safe place for you to hang out 
So they, you know, some of them come in and spend the whole day there sometimes. And Mm -hmm. that's okay with me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool that they have that option. Um, So what else is coming up for, you know, anything new? And and this is like, y'all are taking people all the time. Is there a start and stop? Do people come in? No, it's rotating. Um, So you can apply for any of our programs at any time. Our drug court is full at the moment. So we're taking people off a wait list as people graduate and complete. Um, But the other programs are completely open for enrollment. Um, You know, like I said, they're 12 to 18 months minimum, depending upon which program they're in. So it's something that the person has to volunteer to do and they have to really be dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that they have to say, yeah, I'm an addict and I need to get help right now. They can be just trying to avoid a jail sentence. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that if they come in and they're just doing it to avoid jail, they're learning the building blocks so that when they're ready to get sober or when they're ready to get help, they know where to go and what to do. Right. You know, a lot of people don't even know where an AA meeting is in town. Mm -hmm. So we make sure they know that or we know, you know, they know where an NA meeting is and things like that. And that can help them later down the road if they need it. Right. And I'm assuming some people might come in feeling that way. And then over the course of it, they're thinking, you know what? This ain't so bad. Yeah, And you can really see that. Like they come in and they look at their feet and they have guilt and shame because, you know, you have guilt and shame. So you drink and you use and then you have more guilt and shame because you keep using and drinking. And the things that you do to maintain that habit, you know, cause us to have guilt and shame. And then about midway through the program, they start making eye contact with you and like cutting up a little bit and mm-hmm. smiling. And it, you just see people grow and change. See that change. The change that's something that makes me happy is to see somebody who's just down and out i had a somebody who i met he was like 22 years old you brought it up a little while ago he had jumped off the bridge down on the cumberland river okay not once but twice and survived he was born addicted to alcohol and drugs because his mother yeah i guess you say he was a crack alcohol baby he was addicted so he didn't have a choice in other words, when he's born, he's addicted, he's shaking and all that. And uh, I, I, I'm hoping and praying he's still alive. I just said, man, you have a purpose. One of these days you're going to be talking on the stage and telling people about how you changed and how. Because it's from the, you start at the bottom and then you work your way up. I Absolutely. Mean, you know. I have a, um, Austin asked a good question on here. He says, what's the average age of a person that you're seeing in recovery court? Um, 21, 26, 30s. He said, I'm asking in the spirit of how do we educate and intervene earlier? Thank you, Austin. We have everybody from, you know, young 20-ish year olds to 50 plus year olds. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a full spectrum. And um, actually one of the older gentlemen in our, I say older because he's older than me, in case he hears this and gets really (laughs) offended. But he was talking to me earlier this week about, you know, when he tried to get in drug court early on in his addiction, um, one of the people in the court told him, not in our office, but in the court system, told him that he was too old for drug court. Oh, and they did. That they needed, you know, that we would do better with younger people. Um, and he was really hurt by that. Mm-hmm. You know, I told him, and he's explained to me. You know, he's in recovery for the first time ever. His life, you know, his life has changed dramatically, and we've seen it. I've got to sit by and watch it. Um, if he had gotten in it earlier. Would he have had additional years in sobriety? Maybe. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, recovery is not just for 18-year-olds. It's not just for 50-year-olds. It's for everybody. So um, I would say on average, we're probably looking at like mid-30s, early 40s. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. 
So it's good. So maybe if more people know about Recovery Court or, you know, again, it has to be offered in your area. So if you're here in Murfreesboro, we're fortunate. But, you know, if they get in there yeah. when they first start having those right. issues or getting arrested. I hadn't got arrested yet. Okay. You know what? You know what yet stands for? You're eligible too. Exactly. Right? And the and the thing is, it's never going to happen to me. And I think that's what people think. And it, y'all brought it up earlier the shame and the guilt goes along with pride and ego absolutely you know um i'm just glad you know i have a son 21 i'm like dear lord please uh don't let my dad you say son wait to have your own son and you'll understand what i'm talking about now it's like thanks dad (laughs) uh (laughs) but it's it's a blessing so y'all are y'all are angels on the earth and we're you know you never know when you're going to be talking to an angel, you know what I mean? So you have to be uh, one arrest? It can, some people, it's on their first. It's okay. very rare that it's their first. Mm-hmm. The majority of the people that we serve have multiple felonies. Yeah. Multiple felonies. Um, and a lot of the people that we are working with, some of them have 1129s, which is 11 months, 29 day sentences. Uh-huh. Um, we have at least one that has a 16 year sentence over their head. Wow. And, and But years. if they complete the court, is that taken away so or it could be reduced maybe a lot of times when someone enters our recovery court they get a reduction of something on the front end and they furlough to us so they plead guilty mm. and then their sentence instead of serving it in prison or serving it in jail is furloughed over to us for supervision once they complete our program they go back in front of the court and they can either put them on unsupervised probation or put them on you know skip community corrections and put them on probation so there's typically a reduction of supervision as they go it's really you know it's really just because they want to get help and they want to to do better Mm -hmm. yeah because that's the thing about this disease of addiction alcoholism it's the only disease I know that's self-diagnosed. Mm-hmm. You know, for how long did people say, Bill, you, you need some help. You need to get some help. Bill, you need to get some help. No, I don't. I'm fine. <laughs> how many times did, would I pull the phone out of the wall because I didn't want to hear what I'd done the night before? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, I have, that hasn't happened since I've been sober. Um, and that's good, Bill. That's you, a good thing. <laughs> I'm glad you're I, open about it, and that's what well, it takes. And people see you being a fun-loving guy and having fun and enjoying life and doing good things. And you know that's wasn't a good always that way. Ambassador for being sober, you know, you don't have to be boring. And you we're know. not a glum lot, right? Exactly. I, I'll tell you one thing. I wish Murfreesboro, Rutherford County had. And I've talked to people, and I want in a minute. I want you to talk about the different judges who are some dear friends of mine, like Barry Tittle and Lisa Ish- Judge Tittle, Judge Ishad, Howard Wilson. Um, the fact is, I like to see a night court here. You think we could oh get a gosh. night? I don't know. In college I and high school, in my lane. we would go to Nashville. Of course, we were hammered. And uh, we would go to <laughs> night court and try not to be a part of the mm-hmm. night court. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I think it would be good. It'd be inter- it would be good. Well, at least, hey, we're making progress because now we've got night drug court classes exactly so why not have a night court right there next <laughs> oh i don't know gosh. you'll have to talk to somebody have to talk to the are. judge yeah uh, let's talk about so the judges obviously too can they ch- they choose to be a part of the judge yeah. for the court the judges who tell us who the judges are okay. the ones that are and the, what they do like drunk i'm sorry go ahead michael <laughs> i'm I just gonna let that. our oh, guests right, finish ahead, her sentence because i don't like it when mom right. and dad fight uh-huh. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um so the judges who Reside, uh, preside over our programs voluntarily do so they don't get okay. paid extra and mm-hmm. it is a time commitment 
and it requires that they um, go to a lot of trainings and understand incentives and sanctions and all of these things that that we have to have in our programming. Um, over our DUI court is Judge Lisa Ishod. She's awesome. Um, over our Veterans Treatment Court is Trey McFarland, Judge Trey McFarland. Trey, yeah. Um, over our mental health court is Judge Tidwell, and over our adult drug court is Judge Jimmy Turner. Okay. He's the newest judge. And they yeah. obviously have passion for doing that or else they wouldn't do it you know i mean they're so, like lisa so yeah. compassionate when it comes to that stuff which is really cool i firmly believe that they they have to or they couldn't do it again mm-hmm. you know it's it's it builds you up and you get to see change but it also will break your spirit because you see people that you want to do so well that just can't do it sometimes and if you don't do it out of passion you won't stick around long yeah because it's intense yeah anything it, dealing with addicts and you know anything mental health is just again it's so much so and it you could do be have anybody. to do that passion yeah it could be anybody i think we're are we going to take a break All right yes we'll take a break we'll be right back. we'll be right back Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street, for a free estimate. We also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Find your next car at Car One. We carry an assortment of makes and models to fit every budget and lifestyle. Head to our website, car1tn.net, to see our inventory and specials. Financing is available. Call us at 615-962-9450 or 615-653-7298. Car One, your one-stop shop. Located at 232 Southeast Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. All right, we are back. You're listening to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. Michael and White, Bill Wilson, and we have our awesome guest here tonight. We're talking about Rutherford County Recovery Court, and we have a caller on the phone. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, Mr. Murfreesboro, this is Austin Maxwell. Hey, brother, how Hello, you doing? Hello, Austin. Thanks for the comments. Hey, anything for you, Bill, but in all seriousness, I just wanted to compliment you on the show tonight, and thank you for your bravery 
in discussing this issue and just sharing it with the general public. Um, mm-hmm. I'm voting you know, for you, buddy. A, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> well, thank you, Bill. And, you know, Claire and I lost a son. Yes, you know, I know this. that. And so anything you can do to always bring attention to the resources that we have and the way forward is a blessing to our community. So I just wanted to say thanks for your bravery in bringing this up and highlighting it and keep up the good work. And I'll uh, shut up and listen let you get back to your show. Hey, give our best to Claire. We appreciate you, Austin. You and Claire both. Okay. Thank you, you, Austin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's good. He's a great guy. Uh, Claire had just lost her mom. That's the reason, you know, I've known them all my, well, Claire more than Austin, but yeah, he, he yeah, they, I was going to let Austin tell you, but yeah, he, they were on a trip and they lost a son, you know, to, I don't know the whole story. I was going to let him tell, but it affects everybody. It yeah. affects everybody. I don't care who you are. If you live in Marabella, if you live um, in the projects, if you live, if you drive a, if you're educated, non-educated, I mean, it's it it affects everybody. And what I, what's interesting, what you were saying earlier, is the fact, the way the community, the city, will make when people are sober and have a right mind, it increases productivity, less crime. We should be pumping more money into it. I think so too. Mm-hmm, for sure. Seriously, think about it. It saves ER visits. It prevents overdose. It prevents suicide. We reunify families. I mean, there's so many yeah. benefits. If you were to open up the jail system right now, I guarantee you, seventy to eighty percent of people are either under the influence when they're committing the crime, right, or you know they come from broken homes. They it, there's a lot of things, but I guarantee you, there's some sort of chemical in their body. Mm-hmm when they when they do the crime and uh and it's and I, I don't think the answer is just throw away the key there you know nancy reagan god rest rest over ronald reagan i don't want to get any calls about this but she her thing was just say no it's not that easy. it's not that easy, it's not that it's not easy. Not. hey just say no <laughs> it's just like Lynn, just easy. say no mm-hmm. and i still i have friends that i see on a super regular basis that are kind of judgmental about alcoholism and all that stuff and and people that are struggling and you know they haven't experienced that within their family so they don't really understand and so i think this is good to help people know that you know it is a lot harder than your willpower because that's (laughs) doesn't work willpower is like if you ever had a case of diarrhea and tried to stop. <laughs> Tell me. That's when accidents happen. When you have a little upset stomach, when I'm going down the road, down the interstate, <laughs> my favorite Bible verse is when I have a little upset stomach. I'm like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh hey, I promise you Lord it works. Forgive us. It does work. <laughs> does it work? It works. I've never heard that analogy about the diarrhea bill, but I mean, I appreciate willpower. it because it makes sense. My dad used to say, son, why don't you have the willpower? I was like, dad. I know. That, and it wasn't that case of beer or that fifth of vodka or whatever. It was that first thimbleful of alcohol that set it off. I think a good, the madness. A, a good analogy is we have a, a guy currently who's sober, and he's um, there's 
things out there called um, medication-assisted therapies. So you can get a shot called Vivitrol, and it will help you with your alcohol and opiate cravings. And so this particular person is on that injection, and he said it takes away his cravings, but now he doesn't know how to cope with all the stress and the things that he has going on in his brain. Because right. for so long, every time he had those feelings, he drank, mm-hmm. and now he can't. And so we're working on, you know, coping skills and getting him into counseling and things like that. But, you know, if, if you could just will it away, you would. I've never met anybody that said, you know, I really enjoy being an alcoholic. No. Or I really enjoy, you know, being a heroin addict. No, no one wants to be that. They just do it because it's all they know at this point. And they're so afraid of the sickness that's going to come when they stop. The withdrawals. What's your thoughts on Suboxone? Um, we allow it in our program. It's you monitored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's important for people who could it reduces harm i mean if you're putting a needle in your arm you're risking yourself for hiv hepatitis all of these things so it's just really important to give those people the benefit of having a relatively normal life right without the risk so it's beneficial for some people for other people they don't need to be on it they're going to abuse it they're not going to take care of themselves on it but but for some people it will make their quality of life better right my former boyfriend prescribes suboxone on a daily basis and he just thinks it's you know he's seen so, it save lives drug. yeah yeah it's a uh to each his own to thine own self be true um but it's a it's from, from personal experience it was that something had to change or you know it was mm-hmm. i was gonna die period and uh I'm just glad we're here tonight talking about this because it's so important. Make sure to. I hope it touches somebody who's listening. I hope somebody's listening and they call. uh, Do you have a number where people call? What's the best way to get in touch with you, whether it's on a website or what's the best way to reach out? You can call our office anytime. Um, It's 615-217-7124. And you can ask for Trish. I'll talk to whoever wants to call. And um, you can do it via email, rcadmissions at rutherfordcountytn.gov. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also send an application there once you get it off of our website if you want to apply for our programming. Awesome. Yes. And if you don't, how can they give if they're not coming to like a fundraiser or an event? Well, you can send a check over to our office. You can come deliver a check. You can... Um, donate on our venmo which I was is say venmo. Um, i think the qr code is on the flyer so if you post the flyer someone can just um snap, snap it real quick we need to get that so we can put that along with the post can you send that to us later i, I think i've got that it way too, we'll yeah. put it on there in case people see it and want to donate because i think that's so great it just we want to keep this coming and promote it and support it because it is such a great thing it's one day at a time absolutely um I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we picked up a new sponsor, O Stone Fort Golf Course, which is in Manchester. Awesome. That was the first golf course I ever played besides the VA. And uh, Judy and Tink Driver are the owners, and they're nicest people. You can play for $9. $9. A lot $9. of people play over there. I didn't even know it's about right that. It's right by the Duck River. You'll, I promise you, you go play. You'll see, a, you'll see a deer. You'll see a squirrel. How lovely. You might see a fox. I've seen a fox running across. But anyway... <laughs> Fox are uh, biting people these days. Like yeah. that one in Washington that yeah. bit like five congressmen. <laughs> it's not funny, but Michael, it's crazy. would you check? Check. <laughs> are you sober tonight? I'm sober. Okay. <laughs> wheel works. If you need tires or you, you've got uh, wheels, you need new wheels, go by and see Mitch Robinson at Wheel Works right here on South Church Street. If you need a uh, mortgage, 
You've worked with Rhonda McCrary at First Rhonda Horizon. Rhonda is my girl. I love her. And if you need a house, you can call me or Meredith Thomas of the uh, Thomas Wilson team. Uh, give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-210-4767. We've got 25 years of experience and have sold about mm, 1,000 houses or so in Middle Tennessee. Okay. Tell me. Okay. Well, I'm so excited <laughs> that you came in tonight. I'm looking forward to this uh, event on Friday. And I know. Hopefully we'll be have there. a big turnout. Come hang I, out I, with I me and Bill. Be there, but I will be there. I'll, I'll bet you a donut you're not I'm there. I'm holding you accountable. I'm going to be there. I will see you there. there. <laughs> I don't get up or that early for many things, but I will be there 7 a.m. Bill, you better what be will there. will be your excuse? That's what I want to know. Well, it's going to be Let's, funny when we're posting a picture together on Mr. Murfreesboro. Okay. So we got to have a picture, us three, again, Friday morning. So I don't want to hear any mess. Thank you so much. And I want to thank uh, the judges, too. Absolutely. Mary yeah, Tittle, sure. Lisa Eyeshot, Judge Eyeshot, Judge Jimmy Turner, Judge... Trey McFarlane. Trey McFarlane, whose father has been on McFarlane. Yes. I know. We appreciate them because, you know... Well, and also the county commission and the county mayor, they, you know, they Thanks support our budget. Too. So, mm-hmm. you know, we go to them and ask a lot of things and they've, they've really never told me no. I'm sure it's coming. That's awesome. But we've been lucky. And go like and follow them on, fa- follow us on Facebook, the Rutherford County Recovery Court Foundation. Foundation. Okay. And we need to get more likes and follows there. We're nearly up to a thousand. I'd like to take that to about 5,000. That is Bill's goal. Um, he is our by. social media president. <laughs> Good. Okay, Bill, you're That's on the That's the only reason now. I'm on there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that is your job. <laughs> you have purpose. Jackson, how are you doing tonight? Did you want to Did you want to chime in on anything? You've been awful quiet over there. I want to thank you for doing <laughs> such a fine job. And We actually got on Facebook Live, and you can go back and watch this show on uh, Mr. Murfreesboro or go to Apple Podcasts and pick us up there as well. Michael Lynn, do you want to take us out? Yeah, I think so. Um, We appreciate y'all for watching and listening, and we appreciate our sponsors so much. Trish, Trish, we appreciate you being here. Who's our guest next week? It's the Murfreesboro guy. We're going to arm wrestle. Yes. John Icarry. The duel of the two Mr. Murfreesboro. How do you say his name, Trish? I think it's Icarry. John, we love you. We apologize that none of us know how to say your last name, so we're going to have, like, you're going to tell us. We're going to arm wrestle here live, and I will take him down. He's going to beat you because he's he's pretty muscular. The Murfreesboro guy versus Mr. Murfreesboro. God bless y'all. We love you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm out of Florence way.